And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better. First into the narrative of the book of Acts we travel to understand what things the Lord doth require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. Initially denying Jesus, oh, get ready for this, initially denying Jesus does not mean always denying Jesus. This is evidenced at the crucifixion. The people were following a mob mentality and didn't realize the depth of their sinful ways. That's why Jesus asked the Father to forgive them. By the way, that's Luke 23, 34. But each person was and is going to have to have a revisit, and how they proceed will help them understand where they will proceed. Next, it's an amazing reality that we often do the opposite of what we should do. I mean, it's so true. Not always, but it does happen often, doesn't it? Here is Peter retells the story in the book of Acts on the redeeming work of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. The people end up seeking to kill the one person that can grant them the quality and the quantity of life that they're looking for. That's how bad sin messes people up. And finally, his name, the name of Jesus. What does the name signify? His position, his authority, and his realm. What does it mean to have faith in his name? It means that, like the centurion, like we talked about yesterday, we have faith in the authority of Jesus Christ. When we have faith in the name of Jesus, we have faith that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. So do we believe the scriptures in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, when Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Do we believe the scriptures or not? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call us, Captain Chris will answer the phone, and then you know you're sailing in the right direction. Now, that's good. So here you have the opportunity. If you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question, if you have a praise report or a prayer request, this is a good time to take advantage of that as well. Or even maybe wait an answer to Bible trivia. Here we go. 
Which Old Testament figure did Jesus mention in connection with the Son of Man being in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights? Which Old Testament figure, not a stick figure, not a cartoon like some of the, I won't say imbecilic because that's just really just a complete insult to imbeciles. I, I would say just imbe- Okay. Which character did he connect being three days in the heart of the earth? If you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us. What's our number? Okay. It's uh, 972. You think I know this stuff by now. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can uh, send us an email, david at he must increase.org, which also leads us to the website. And uh, I'm just going to encourage you. We're going to play the website sound real quick. Then we'll get the person who's on the phone. But I want you to go to the website. It's a place to give. It's also a place to get the book. If you can't afford the book and you want to print, tell me, and I'll pay for it out of my pocket. I have no problem doing that whatsoever. But go to the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, dokey artichokey. And don't forget that is our theological term on this show. We do have somebody ready to answer the trivia question. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good today. How are you? Good. I, I had a little surgery this morning. I had a little bit of, yeah, I have a little bump on my head. And they thought, you know, his brains, there's so many brains, we need to take some of them out. And so they took <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm telling everybody. <laughs> I'm just going with that one, and I'm wearing a ski hat over my head because I don't want Captain Chris to go running out of the studio. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it looks like I went to a party and put the hat on the wrong side of my head. That's what it looks like. Anyway, uh, thanks for putting up with that. Okay, classic question we got going on here. Uh, which Old Testament figure did Jesus mention in connection with the Son of Man being in the heart of the earth for three days and nights? You know, this is a total guess, but I'm thinking Jonah. That is correct! That was a, It was a total guess. That's amazing, because that's it. He was in the whale for three, or the whale, the large fish for three days and three nights, and that's what Jesus made that connection to. So that was an excellent, excellent job. Wow. What awesome. else? Well, who else did you think it might be? That's that's just the first thing that came to there mind. You go. There you go. Go with that. Always go with that, especially in Bible trivia. About 95% of the time, you'll be right. So, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Hey, I wanted to make a comment. You sure. know, you were talking about Hollywood earlier. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I heard a pastor one time talking about Hollywood and the movies that they make and everything were kind of like a form of witchcraft. And so I did some research, and I found out that um, witches actually made their wands out of Hollywood. Ah, got it. Got it. That's where they – I got it. That's amazing. I'll, I'll, tell you the, yeah. I'll tell you the one thing that you got to keep in mind is originally Hollywood was Hollywood land. And uh, the reason they changed it is because the land part couldn't stand. 
<laughs> this is true. Couldn't stay up on the mountain, and it kept falling, and they just said, forget it. And then they just went with Hollywood. <laughs> I never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, they just like I don't know what it was about the construction, but they put it up like two or three times. I kept falling over. They said, "Okay, Hollywood. That we'll call it Hollywood then." That, that was <laughs> but great wow. job, excellent work. All I right. really well, appreciate y'all have it. Have a good day. All right. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, what are our faves? Deborah's great. All right. Uh, what are we? We're an axe. We're so far behind, but we still have to do it. So let's get it done. Let's do our expository sound thingy there for expository stuff. Do you have one? Uh, wow! That one. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! 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 All I can say is wow! All right, good job, Cap Grease. He's like, is it this one? That was a good guess, brother. I just was like, you're right there. I went with my gut. That was, and see, sometimes. Uh, This is Acts chapter 3, verse 14. But you denied the holy one and just one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Uh, I want to say this in kind of a, I don't know if I can say it in in the proper or in the right way, but People who initially deny Jesus, that is not the end of the story. And I need you to understand that people have heard the gospel two, three, four times. And at some point they go, yes. And the reason I bring that up is multiple reasons. The first reason is even for family members who you shared the gospel with 5,000 times, you don't quit. Okay, You don't give up. You don't know. Right. That's number one. Number two, all these people in the beginning before uh, Peter's great sermon, a bunch of those people, those three thousand, they were like, you know, Jesus who Jesus who. And so these are not people that were very accepting. And even Jesus, knowing their level of ignorance, he in Luke 23, 34 says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And sometimes the initial denial or denials in the process, that's not the end of the story. And it's going to get revisited. Now, what they do in those revisits, of course that counts. But what I'm trying to encourage you in is to understand that just because you shared the gospel with a loved one, and maybe you've shared it twice or 15 times or 20 times, or if you're like Billy and I were, you've shared it 6,894 times and so much so that they didn't want you to come over to the house. I mean, I'm just saying you you don't quit sharing because you don't know which number it will be. It might be none of them, and there might be a rejection of the gospel completely, but it might be number 15, and you don't know that. Only God knows, and that's why you keep sharing. That's it. There's not you don't have to make it bigger than it is or weirder than it is. These people didn't get it. They're all getting another shot right at this process. Understanding Jesus is the Messiah. A lot of response out of that from the crowd. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. Moving is hard. It's a moment that everyone dreads. But wait, there's an answer. Jesus can help. 
And for the moving parts, Men of God Moving is there for you. Men of God Moving is a full-service Christian moving company that is locally owned and operated, serving the entire Dallas and Fort Worth area. Men of God Moving helps with homes, apartments, offices, long and short distance relocations, and so much more. They offer packing and unpacking services, loading and unloading, assembling and disassembling, plus many other helpful services. Tell them you heard it on the David Spoon Experience and receive a substantial discount. Substantial means a whole bunch. Call them at 817-707-7672 or go to their website, menofgodmoving.com. That's menofgodmoving.com. And check them out on Facebook. The Lord's Word says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Ephesians 6, 7. Allow men of God moving the privilege of serving you. And listen to Johnny Hill, the owner, often on the David Spoon Experience. To hear his testimony, reach out to men of God moving. Johnny's testimony will move you. God bless. The David Spoon Experience. So in this position, I have the opportunity to interview people and have so for the last five years from all across the range of Christianity, uh, from from authors and from actors and musicians. We are about to have an opportunity we've never had on this show. We actually have Lee Strobel on the phone with us. It was 19 years ago, I believe, this September 1st, where his book came out, The Case for Christ. If you're Jewish like I am and then became a Christian, that was when you went, oy vey. This book was a life changer for many, and now it's a movie, Lee, are you there on the phone with us? I am, David. How you doing, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to have you on the show. It's Thank my you. privilege. I'm just, I just we got to start. I know they give you a list of questions just so you can know, Lee. I never use them. So uh, good for you. <laughs> it's like, come on. I want to tell you, we're brothers here yeah, in the Lord. Talk to me. First of all, you wrote this book, The Case for Christ. Let's first talk about the writing of the book, and then we'll talk about that connection to the movie. Why did you write this book? Well, I didn't start out to to do that. I mean, um, I was an atheist. My wife became a Christian. So in order to try to rescue her from this Christian cult, I uh, decided to use my journalism training and legal training and uh, disprove Christianity to um, show that the resurrection never really happened. Uh, of course, I ended up coming to the opposite conclusion and ended up coming to faith. But I, I, I did this investigation for my own edification, for my own education, not because I wanted to write a book. And then it was actually later my wife said to me, hey, you ought to write a book about that. I said, really? And she said, sure. So uh, that's how the book came about. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I don't know, but it's about Thursdays. It's always fun. Fridays are fun. Tuesdays are fun. It's Mondays that are just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, Wednesdays or yesterday was great. I had a great yeah, time. it was fun. I could do yeah. that Mondays as well. Yeah, well, I think it's the whole get up and get it going. You know, you know some people have an actual phobia of Monday. Mm-hmm. All right, just live in Sunday all day long. That's the, that's the theory. Anyway, uh, okay, it wasn't a good one. Here we go. Here's your next trivia question. Peter and John both ran to Jesus' tomb. Who reached the tomb? Okay. In fact, you might want to play. You might want to do the little foghorn. 
You might want to play the foghorn on this one. So go ahead and do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Who reached the tomb first? Okay. Notice that that was the question that was asked. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Who reached the tomb first? That is the question. Okie dokie. Let's see. Oh, I got my jokes. Uh-oh. You guys are in trouble now. I just, I just, I feel for everybody. All right, ready? All right, I got three jokes. One, two, three. Third one's really good. Okay. Now, remember, the, the question is, because I'm already getting these conflicting answers, who reached it first? Now, who went in for, who reached it first? Who outran the other one? Oh, yeah, a boy in Sunday school has been taught by the same teacher, had been taught by the same teacher for a number of years. She had a way of telling stories and would always end them by saying, and the moral of the story is... Eventually, he moved up in Sunday school and had a new teacher. After a few weeks, the minister asked the boy how he liked his new Sunday school teacher. He replied, she's great. She does not have any morals. Ah, waka waka! Okay, Captain Chris stepping. <laughs> wacka wacka. That's hilarious. Okay, here's your next one. <laughs> you can even play that again if you want. That's pretty good. A Sunday school teacher asked her class, what was Jesus' mother's name? One child answered, Mary. The teacher then asked, and who knows what Jesus' father's name was? Another child quickly responded, Verge. <laughs> Confused, the teacher said, where'd you get that? The kid said, well, you know, they're always talking about Virgin Mary. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. That was a good one, right? Virgin Mary. <laughs> Here's the last one. Now, I thought of my grandson, Carter Bear, when, I, when this one came out. So just bear with me. A little boy was in a relative's wedding. He was coming down the aisle, and he would take two steps and turn to the crowd. While facing the crowd, he'd put his hands up with claws, and he would go, Roar! Roar! Leave that all the way down the aisle. As you can imagine, the crowd was near tears from laughing so hard by the time he reached the pulpit. When asked what he was doing, the child responded, I was being the ring bear. <laughs> ah, waka, waka. <laughs> waka, waka. Oh, my God. The, show, the wheels on the bus go round and round. All right, the uh, question, Peter and John both ran to Jesus' tomb. Who reached it first? You guys should know that one. It's not who went in first, who reached it first. Uh, if you think you know, you can reach out to us, uh, whatever our number is, 972-445-0770, or text in 214-210-8483. Let's get to the rest of this text. This is, um, is going to be hard to teach because it's true for me, and it's probably true for you guys And because uh, I know I'm not the only Christian that goes – uh, uh, does these dumb things. But this is in a general sense, so just follow the bouncing ball for a second. It says, but you denied the Holy One the just and asked for a murderer to be granted you, and you killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. The reason I want to stop on that is because there is something in this, some wonderful truth 
of humanity that we need to examine against the Word of God and against His truth uh, in regards to our foolish behavior. And that is, there are many times, not every time, and I acknowledge that, but there are many times where God wants us to do one thing and we go in almost the opposite direction. It's almost as though the Lord says, okay, we'll turn left and then you turn right. Or the Lord says, you know, believe me, and then you go, well, I'll handle it. And then we take over. And the reason that's important is because here in this situation, the very people that are looking to get the best out of life and to get the quality out of life and to get endurance and 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 quantity and length of time are killing killed the very one who could grant that to them. And I I shudder but acknowledge that there are times where I think God brings things into my life, my life. And I shut them down in favor of what I perceive as my own wisdom and don't receive the benefit of what God's trying to bring me, and I somewhat end up going in the wrong direction. And a a perfect example of this is when we try to take control of a circumstance that's beyond us. When and and so you know, and we've mentioned this before, that Abraham did the exact same thing. I don't I don't feel bad. I feel like I'm like you know, a child of God, because I there's other great people who have done this. Abraham and uh, Sarah were waiting for the promise of God. God made a promise after 12 years. They decided God wasn't moving fast enough. So they took over. And the very thing they created in, in taking over was Ishmael, became the very snag into the whole process, another 13 years go go by, and then the promise of God is fulfilled. So it was a 25 differential between the promise and the fulfillment. But the idea behind this is to understand that they didn't want to wait, so they put their hands into it and tried to make their own answer for God. And that turned out to be the exact opposite of what they should have done, because by trying to take over and be the hand of God, they created turmoil for their family that they were trying to create. Now, I don't think that we all go to that level all the time, but what I'm trying to point out is there are times when we do things where we're, we don't yield. And this is a great, great biblical example. They actually sought to kill the prince of life because somehow in their minds they thought that would give them a better life. And it's like, it is exactly the opposite of the truth. And I want us to be aware, or at least sensitive enough, to say to the Lord, you know, if I go in this direction, I don't want to be going in the opposite direction of what you want. Now, I don't always get everything right. I can promise you, can guarantee you that I you probably get a multitude of things wrong. That's why I depend on grace. That's why I trust in the mercy and grace of God on a daily basis. But instead of just taking it and taking the reins, even when I'm not hearing anything, I, I just want to stop taking the reins and trying to make something happen when God wants to bring about something. And when I try to make it happen, I just it just is just disaster. It's just like something always blows up. It just turns into something horrible. And I know that I'm not the only person that's doing that in, in Christianity. And what happens is you have a situation 
Uh, we've talked about family before, but I can talk about this in business. Or we, we had a business situation like this, and we tried to force something to happen instead of letting God bring it about. And when we were all deflated and stopped, after that, God brought in the answer. It was just like you know, a little waste of time. Let's not do what we tell God would be a good answer for him. Let's wait for that answer. Let's not do the opposite. All right, we have somebody answering the trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Annika. Hi, Annika. It's great to hear your voice again. <laughs> Thank you. How uh, are you doing today? I'm doing good, although I had, I had a little bit of surgery earlier today. Uh, uh, they took a little bit of part of my brain out, which was kind of a joke, but they had a, I had a little growth on my head, so they took that off. So my extra brain is gone. <laughs> Uh, well, at least you won't be double-minded anymore. There you eh? go. There you go. Annika <laughs> wins with the line of the week. That is good. <laughs> that is brilliant. Okay, here you go. Peter and John both ran to Jesus' tomb. Who reached it first? I believe it was John. That is correct, my <laughs> now. I think what has happened is that a lot of people think that maybe Peter was uh, not well conditioned. That's the image everybody has, but I don't know if that's true or not. Because <laughs> he was, he was an a first, older guy. Yeah, or he was like he was like I don't think he was running with a cane, and John certainly didn't have roller skates. But John won the race to it, but stopped short of going into it. So, but that was the correct answer. Excellent. Did you know that right away, or did you have to kind of think about it? Um, I think I knew it right away. There's a famous painting in the Louvre, um, and it's showing kind of close up Peter and John running to the tomb. Ah! And it's a really neat piece. I, it escapes me right now, the name and, and the artist. But anyway, it's, it's a beautiful um, painting that shows them running close up. It's like from the waist up and just cropped up to the top of their heads, and it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent job. Fantastic. And you know, you're welcome to call the show anytime. That's a great job. And that was a very funny line on the double-minded. You, <laughs> Thank you. you and you I've the... gotten a lot out of your show, so I sure appreciate you. I appreciate what you're that. Doing. All right. I appreciate that very, very much. The Lord bless you. Okay. Thank you. And you have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm, bye-bye. All right. What a great line. <laughs> See? See, people on this show, they contribute. <laughs> See, none of us make any money. That's the whole thing. Well, we have a format. <laughs> this is our place. All right, folks, we're going to take a break and then come back. The next stuff's unbelievable. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon Experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. 
and those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local, and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon Experience? Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God for you and I. God provided his own burnt offering, his own Lamb of Sacrifice, because our presentations are not that hot. And this is where you get the understanding that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How many? All. And the wages of sin is death. That's the result. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God showed his love for us while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. That's the love. He was the sacrificial lamb. And if you have never made that decision, I invite you right now to make that decision to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is where you get John 3.16, which people will say is the gospel in a scripture, which is not far off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That gift is available for you. And if you have never exercised that acceptance of that gift, I encourage you to do so by saying this prayer. And don't go anywhere because I got another one for all of us. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life. Lord Jesus Christ, I give you my heart. Pour out your Holy Spirit, for I believe you rose from the dead, and I confess with my mouth you died for my sins, according to the Scriptures. You were buried, and three days later you rose again. You ascended to the Father and are coming back soon, and I thank you for this new life you've given me. I praise you and pray this in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for what I consider to be a very challenging trivia question. Get ready. I know you guys are ready, but it's okay. Take a deep breath. I know that sounds just like Darth Vader. I just can't. I don't know what it is, you know. I mean... Get the mosquito. Okay, anyway. Sorry. Okay. Good for this. All right. After Jesus was laid in the tomb, okay, and I don't need a perfect answer. Just listen to what I'm saying. After Jesus was laid in the the tomb, why did his enemies go to Pilate? Okay. After he was laid in the tomb. You don't have to give me an exact quote or anything. Ballparking. Ballparking. Why did his enemies go to Pilate? Like, after Jesus was... In the tomb, they're like, uh, hey, I don't know if they said, they probably didn't say Master P, but they probably did say, hey, pilot, sir, you know, kind of thing. All right. I'm just, you know, there it is. Figure it out. It must be Thursday. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Let us uh, do our history. So let's do history real quickly. Let's do 
There's some good in this, and there's some bad in this, so just remember, that's how history goes, right? First of all, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to get in trouble for it when I get home. I am not in agreement with this, but I will acknowledge this because I want to have a happy home life. But today, and my wife does like this, is National Schnitzel Day. She is a big Wiener Schnitzel fan. I know it's, it's she just likes those chili dog things, and I keep telling her. First of all, they're not Hebrew nationals, <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, so I acknowledge it's uh, National Wiener Schnitzel Day. Okay, they have the little roof, like it's a little like. Okay, today is also uh, Make Your Bed Day. Well, I wonder if they got it for a dog. Make your bed day. Like, can you make? No, they're probably not. It's no news is good news day. I think that's every uh, every time you don't actually watch the media. That's probably a good news day. And then uh, it's teddy bear day. Everybody should appreciate that. That's a good one. Uh, 1776 on this day, for those who are real true history buffs, the name United States is adopted by the Continental Congress. Prior to that, we were called the United Colonies. And on this day in 1776, they changed it to the United States. Interesting. Here's the last thing. Uh, 1947, on this day, the first computer bug. And when I say computer bug, a team led by Grace Hopper finds a moth trapped in a relay's contact, causing their computer to malfunction. Through the term, though the term bug had been used in engineering since the 1800s, it's the first time it was recorded as a literal computer bug isn't that fascinating that's see i think that's interesting i find stuff like that interesting i don't don't have a life so i mean that's okay okay the question uh after jesus was laid in the tomb why did his enemies go to Pilate? what was their concern while you're trying to figure out that answer or answering that by uh, calling 972-445-0770 or texting 214-210-8483 or emailing david at hemustincrease.org. I want to go on to the rest of the text, so let's just do that first. Here's the, one of my favorite, 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 favorite top 20 verses, top 25, but top 20 verses of all time. We'll back it up to verse 14. You denied the Holy One and just and asked for a murderer to be granted you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Ah, love this. Okay. First of all, we talked yesterday a little bit about our faith and the need for our faith to be less shotgun-oriented and more sniper-oriented. Okay? Now, we're not trying to be mean or anything using Those are just pictures, illustrations to kind of help you focus. One of the things is that in that text yesterday we talked about, it says that Jesus is the author and finisher or the pioneer and the finisher of our faith. 
It's important for you and I to understand that an author, and I'm not a good one, but I am an author, an author writes the book. Well, in this case, what's the book? Your faith. So Jesus is the author of our faith. Get that. That's really, I mean, you can't escape that. He's Without him, you're not going to have faith the way that you have faith right now. It's got to come through him. I, I don't see why anybody has a problem with that understanding that ultimately Jesus gets the glory in all of it. Okay, got it. That That's solid. But we have to have a faith that is active and alive and it has to have a place to go. You can't just have the, oh, I just think the whole thing's true. And then that's it, because that doesn't say anything, okay? I just think the whole thing's true, and I also think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's true, and I think that, you know, the Tooth Fairy's true. That's great. Fantastic. In our case, we actually believe that Jesus holds in his hands authority. Now, you think, well, how? what do you mean holds in his hands? In his framework of his hand is the universe and the earth and probably the multiverse, as we've discussed before. And Jesus has the right to change, alter, modify as he sees fit because he's in charge. And that's it. I'll give you a grand example, which you guys may not like, but I think you will fully understand. So you have me, the wife, and the kids, and the one child wants this, and another child wants this, and another child wants this for dinner, and then the wife says, well, I think it would be great if we had this, but you know what? I'm not really that particular. Yeah, I'm not an idiot about telling you these stories. And then I just say, that's it. We're having Chinese. Guess what? I just changed their universe and said, Chinese, that's what we're doing. That's what we're having. In other words, I had that, was given that position, that authority. Jesus earned that position by the life that he lived and the sacrifice he gave. He has all authority. You and I have to have something that is just really bizarre. We have to have confidence that that's true. Because if you think that Jesus did all that he did and all that's great and fancy and wonderful, but you don't have confidence that he has the authority, how can we ever have confidence that he will help in any of our situations? How can we have confidence that he'll deliver us from bondages? How can we have confidence that he'll come again? How can we have confidence that he will free us from the bondages we're in? We have to understand all authority on the earthly realm and in the heavenly realm has been placed into the hands of Jesus Christ for him to exercise as he sees fit. In that authority, do you know what he first told all of his disciples to do? Go tell everybody about me. You know what he didn't say? Go create a country and make a stock market that's really good and you know, a bunch of people can get rich and some people can get poor. And You build really, really, really big, huge buildings and sidewalks and eventually the city will turn into a lousy place to visit even on a vacation. But Jesus didn't say any of that. He said, go tell people about me. Go make disciples. Go. The directive as to where. Go. Go meant everywhere. Make disciples. Show them about me. Tell them what I've taught you. Share what I've communicated. That's what he wants us to do with that authority. And we have to have that authority in mind. And when we petition him, he even says, "We're you know, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, that's good because, Jesus, I need your help in this situation. Got you covered because I have all authority in heaven and earth. And you're following me.
So I'm going to answer. You see, there, it's a process, and you think, well, but it doesn't always work that way. Well, I think what happens is that our faith is not quite as pure as we think it is. I think the centurion's faith for his servant was pure, like a mustard seed pure. It was genuine. I think a lot of times I have faith that the Lord will—I have a greater purity of faith that God will work it out than he will specifically answer a specific prayer. Now, that's for me. I don't know if that's for everybody. It just seems that way uh, in my walk and in the way that I process it. What Jesus wants us to have is an understanding of his authority and his participation with us. And that we are to believe that. And it's by authority, his authority and faith in that authority that this guy was made well. And I... I hate how it's been represented, you know, showcase-wise uh, on television with certain evangelists and certain people and even certain, you know, ministries that do that. Nobody likes that. That's just really blah. Okay? I mean, it's exciting like a rock concert, but it's not, you know, it's not it's not 40 years lasting. What I love, though, is the understanding that that authority and faith in that authority changes the earth. That I like. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because I need some of those changes. I need things to change. And they're gospel-oriented, I hope, and or at a minimum, it's what I need to be participating, or I need help participating, or I need to understand it. That This is one of the reasons why I talk to people. You don't have to pray in Jesus' name to get an answer, because otherwise no sinner would get saved. If, if you just said, please forgive me, God, you'd never get saved. It's like, that's kind of lame. But why would you not pray in the name of him who has all? It's like, why, why would you not do that? You're coming in the name of him who has all the authority. Kind of strange. But we'll deal with that uh, when we come back. Got a little bit more to cover on this. I really want you to get this. We have to have faith in the authority of Jesus Christ and in his name. Okay, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience. I'll do the trivia answer on the way back. Uh, right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon 
to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. The deterioration of the ecosystem or creation itself is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. All right, let's answer the last trivia question that we had, and that is, after Jesus was laid in the tomb, why did his enemies go to Pilate? And they wanted to guard the tomb so that the disciples wouldn't steal the body. So that's why they went. It's like, uh, you know, we heard this guy say he was going to get up from the dead. So we want to put guards there. And they did the guard and the seal and the whole thing, just uh, so you can know. And anything you would have said along those lines would have been fine. They were trying to you know, stop the body from being stolen, so on and so forth. As long as you get what's going on, that's the key. Here, <laughs> here is where you can throw darts. Uh, when Judas went up to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, according to Matthew, according to Matthew, when Judas went up to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, how did Jesus address Judas. What did he call him? When Judas went up to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, how did Jesus address Judas? What did he call him? That's a toughie. That's right. That's a toughie. Uh, You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Joy Ann and Cordelia. One second. They got it in one second. You guys are, that's amazing. And then uh, website, uh, we already did website, but you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I'm close. Okay. Let me finish this up. This is something I'm just going to, oh, I just can't wait to challenge. All right, somebody's calling in, so that's kind of nice. So uh, what we'll do is we'll, Dave will stall. Do, 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 do. It's called radio stall. Do, 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 do. Okay, they ready? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
David, this is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good friend? I'm doing, I'm doing better than I ever have right now, I guess. I'm, I, I'm blessed, man. i got to call it like it is. All right. that's I love to hear that. It's a, you know what? It blesses me to hear you that you're blessed. Amen. I mean that's part. That's why we share in the in the kingdom as brothers in the Lord. I love that part about the family of God. It's just one of the best parts. Amen. Amen. All right, this is, this is a tough question, and so I'm I'm thinking you probably know the answer because you called right away when Judas went up to the to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. How did Jesus address Judas? What did he call him? Can you come to betray me with a kiss? Yes. What did he call him, though? What he called him something. It's uh, oh. it's opposite of an enemy. A friend. That is correct, Armando. He said, "Friend, do you?" And so that's what he. It's amazing because if you think about that, so Judas goes there to betray, right? But Jesus, oh. instead of Jesus going, "Hey, traitor, <laughs> what are you doing?" Oh. Right? He goes, "Hey, friend." It's like, wow, yeah, that's loves just... Everybody. That's, he loves everybody despite their wicked ways. I know that. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You just think of that. You think, wow, he called him friend. I would have called him many things. Friend would not have been one of them. Amen. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's a well, good I miss my dad. Sorry about that. Yeah, but we appreciate the love y'all have there. You got and it, brother. Uh, we love it. You kidding? You make our day complete. You make Chris, you make job. us happy. You're you're a great job. You're a blessing in the kingdom of God. Well, I, 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 I well, I'm honored that you say that. But that's probably not really true. But, uh, <laughs> you're so humble. I love you. You're great. <laughs> it's true. You're a blessing. You're a blessing yeah. to us. Uh, thank you very much. All thank right. you, guys. Okay. Lord bless you. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Ace is so humble. He wouldn't even take it. He wouldn't even take it. He's just like such a humble guy. I love the guy. All right. All right. Here. I'm going to do something you haven't heard. Well, you've heard it, but you don't. we don't think about it. I want to go back to this verse 16. Here's the thing I want you to. Oh, this is the one thing. There's this, just this one thing I want you to get. This one thing. So this is Acts chapter 3, verse 16. In his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of, of, of you all. The faith that comes through him, the him is Jesus. The faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, one of the things that we teach is we teach the Romans 10, 17. Uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of, of God. Uh, unfortunately, that word God is not theos in the Greek. It's Christos. So it should be uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ, which has to do with the salvation message. And that's the whole context. I don't want to have that argument right now. Here's the argument I want to have. In Luke 17, 5, what did the disciples ask Jesus? They said to Jesus, increase our faith. They didn't say, you know, all the things that, you know, do all the things. You know, Jesus didn't give them all of these bizarro commands. This is where he talks about the mustard seed being powerful enough to move the mountain. Let me tell you what you got to do to have a real defined, specific sniper, not instead of a shotgun, very pointed, very aimful, targeted faith 
You got to ask Jesus to help you. That's what you got to do. Yes, you need to read the Word of God, of course. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God, and that reinforces the truth and the and the elements of Jesus Christ in your life. Yes. Yes, you need to have a sensitivity to when the Holy Spirit is leading you. Yes, you need to be aware that God gives testimony throughout creation and 10,000 other places. All of that's true. But when it comes down to it at the bare bones base of all of it, to have your faith increased, you need to ask Jesus to help you increase your faith. I know, I know. Well, no, if I had, no, 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 no. Jesus didn't go, don't ask me to help you increase your faith. He told them, okay, you got to have pure faith. If you have real faith, you can move a mountain. I mean, he started telling them all the stuff that they needed to know. But they came to Jesus to have an increase of faith. That's what we need to do. And you'll always be amazed how every single truthful answer in Christianity always comes back to Jesus. Well, I guess that's why it's Christianity, right? I mean, that's the whole point. The whole point is it points that way. And and uh, I do uh, uh, take exception because people say, well, I like you know people talking about God, but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus stuff, that's bad. It's like that person does not understand what's going on, okay? Clueless. And if you have an aversion, you need to ask God to help you change that because it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's better use of that because there's one superstar in heaven and nobody's going to glory in any capacity in front of him. It's going to be about Jesus. And the bottom line in this process is they said, Lord, increase our faith. And that's what we got to do. We have to have an increase in faith in who he says he is, in what he says he can do, in his promises, in his faithfulness. I mean, I I understand, uh, you know, some of the normal process you go through and you exert faith in different moments. But these are guys that spend time with Jesus. And even after spending time with Jesus, they still needed help. We still need help. And you could be a hundred years in the Lord. It wouldn't matter to me. You, you would know that even better than I. You still need help with, from the Lord in the most base thing, in the most basic faith. And that faith that comes through Jesus, it is so powerful it could make you walk in aware in an area of your life that you've never been able to walk in before. Just like the lame guy who was able to walk in a way he was never able to walk before because of the power and authority of Jesus Christ. It's like, oh, that is so cool. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah, because that's kind of cool. The bottom line in that process is we need to have faith and faith in the authority of Jesus Christ, in his name, specifically in his name. And we talked about it before. His name represents, I even wrote it down. I want to make sure I say it exactly what it is. His name represents his position, his authority, his realm. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We need to have faith in that, and we need to have a confidence or a faith and ask Jesus to help our faith. And then we'll be walking in areas we've never—I just love that. We'll be walking in areas and in ways we've never walked in before. 
tell me what's better. This just for those that have been a Christian more than an hour, tell me what's better than when you commune with the Lord and you pray about something and you know there's no way in the natural realm it can happen. And then the Lord brings it about. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in touch with the supernatural. Yeah. All right, let's close this in prayer. Father, we come before you. We lift up some of our listeners right now. Some are struggling. They have so much stuff going on, so much uh, turmoil. Lord, for all of us, increase our faith in the authority of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, help our faith. Help us to have faith that's as pure of a mustard seed so we can see mountains moved in our life by your grace and by your power. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.